0: Welcome back to Storytime with M. This is a mini episode from M's Books and Cats podcast where I am sharing my book Catching Cats a chapter a week. We are up to chapter 9 this week. This is the second to last chapter in this book and I'm super excited. We will be finishing the book up on Halloween, which seems pretty ideal. After that, Storytime with M will be off for a couple weeks if not a month just cuz I need a break. <laughs> And then I will be back with something else that I wrote. Not sure which yet. But for now, please enjoy Chapter 9 of Catching Cats. The first night in the forest I saw my cat. It was small and white, with sleek fur and golden eyes. The forest filled with pockets of thick fog as the temperature dropped. I lost sight of Maria. She disappeared every time we encountered a pocket, and didn't seem to notice when I fell behind. I followed the path through a particularly thick cloud, and when I emerged, the cat was sitting there, waiting. We locked eyes and she yowled. My body tensed and I waited for the attack. The cat jumped up, spun in the air, and ran away. Maria appeared a moment later. Did it see you? Yeah, that one's mine. Pretty. I shot her a look. Sorry. I'm not good at the human stuff anymore. That's all right. I sighed. It's a very beautiful cat. Nothing like Jeremy's drawings. Thank goodness for that. I missed this. My sister. Our easy conversations. The weight of my loss slammed into me and I almost buckled under the load. Maria slid her cold ghost arms under mine and held me up. I can feel you. I was shocked. You're freezing. She smiled. You get used to it. I don't even notice the cold now. My heart felt heavy. What would happen if I lost? Would I be able to stay with Maria? Or would I be alone? We tracked the cat through the night. It left behind a trail of luminescence, a silvery ribbon of smoke that hovered over the ground. It dissipated quickly, so we had to keep moving. It was fading away by the second, and the cat was moving fast. As dawn broke and the sun slipped into the forest, we came upon a small cave hidden by an uprooted tree. The glittering smoke pooled in the mouth of the cave. This must be where it sleeps during the day. Maria's movements stirred the smoke as it faded away. What do I do now? Maria put her arm around my shoulders. We wait until nightfall. Then we hunt. I found a place between the dark green needle trees. A large mound of earth covered with orange needles, which made the ground soft and fragrant. I laid down and tried to make myself comfortable. Maria cleared her throat and shot me a sidelong glance. What? What? Shouldn't you put up some kind of protection? The cats may be sleeping, but that doesn't mean that Rav is. I shrug. What's he gonna do? Maria put her hands on her hips. It reminded me of Nessa's defiant stance. Fine, I grumbled. I stood and called a protection spell up from my newly acquired knowledge. I spread it out in a wide circle around us. The ground and trees glowed for a moment before settling back to normal. I put my hands on my hips and smiled at Maria. Better? Yes. Thank you. Well done. You're good at this. Let's hope so. Maria started to speak, but stopped. I waited. So you're going to try to win this? For real? Of course. Why wouldn't I? I was worried that you... Well, that you'd given up. I was afraid you wouldn't be okay on your own. I'll be okay, Maria. I'm not ready to give up yet. Your big sister is not a quitter. Good. Maria smiled. Get some sleep. I'll stand on watch. As soon as she mentions it, the heaviness invades my body. Sleep pulls at my eyelids. I lay down amidst the circle of trees and try to get comfortable. The ground is softer than I expected. I lay my head on my arms and fall asleep immediately. Maria adjusts the crown of sticks and adds some of the scented needles. She steps back and smiles. You will be a good replacement. It had to be one of us. I'm glad it's you. You know about Jeremy. What they did. She nods and adds another bunch of needles. Yes, you will see him some day, and then you can hear his thoughts. Not all truths are the same, even if they are all true. I have no idea what she's talking about. She does this sometimes. Most of the time she is still my sister, and then she has moments of intense weirdness where she is so unlike my sister that she seems like a stranger. My sister, the one I grew up with and loved, is gone. Her ghost is okay, but not quite enough. I'm going to help you. Cats are hard to catch in general, but tomorrow night it will be even harder. Something to do with the moon, I don't know. That's more your department. Anyway, I'm going to help you tomorrow, but that will be the only time. It's going to take everything that remains of me. She faded away, and the land beneath me vanished as well. I plummeted through nothingness. I am awake in seconds. My hand flies up in a defensive gesture just as Rav attacks. My arm stops the stick in its descent toward my skull, and my hands burn with magic as I toss Rav off of me. He lands with a thud against a nearby tree and lets out a groan as he slides to the ground. He opens one eye and glares at me. His eyes have gone from black to golden, like a cat's. You're better at this than I thought you'd be. I stand up and grin at him with my hands planted on my hips. Didn't your mother tell you? I know everything now. Not quite. She didn't teach you everything. She taught you more than I wanted her to, but she left out some things at my request. You don't know anything about the cats. Their magic is special. He makes a horrible yowling sound and produces some green twigs and leaves from his pocket. Their aroma is pungent and familiar. I've smelled it somewhere before. He yowls again and grins as he begins snapping the twigs and grinding up the dry leaves. A rustling sound is growing closer, many feet moving through the underbrush. The sound is accompanied by a low rumbling, sort of like a growl but less menacing. Rav tosses the bits of twigs and leaves into the air, and they rain down on me and cling to my hair and clothes. It's called the fury plant, cat in the ancient language. It makes cats crazy and very violent. The rustling is louder. I can hear an occasional yowl, The sounds are coming from every side. I am surrounded, and Maria is nowhere to be found. This is the end. I wonder briefly if it might be possible to catch one of the cats. If they all attack at once, it might be possible. But would it matter? The cats appear. They slink down the cliffside. They emerge from burrows in the ground and from inside rotten logs. They weave through areas thick with brambles and undergrowth. Their yowling is more incessant now, and the sound echoes maddeningly in my mind. I slide my hands into my pockets and try to prepare for death. The cats form a circle around me and the dark-needled trees. Rav is laughing and grinning down at me from a nearby tree. The bare branches do not provide him any cover, but it doesn't seem to matter. The cats ignore him. They don't seem that interested in me, either. They sit or lay on the ground and look off in various directions. None of them seem focused on me. I try to think of a way out, but my mind is blank. Rav was right. I know nothing about the cats. Well, I know one thing. Lady Morgan left in one key piece of information. It would prove very useful if I can just make it until nighttime. For once, the night brings less threat than the day. I spend my time watching them. They are much smaller than I expected and vary in size. They are black and white and brown and orange and gray and every possible combination of colors. Their eyes vary from brown to green to gold. I even saw one cat with blue eyes. They move with a nimbleness and grace that is beautiful to watch. They look nothing like my brother's drawings. I am grateful for that. Rab is getting annoyed. He was eagerly awaiting an attack, but the cats continue to ignore me and my small circle of land. He scoops up a cat sitting on a low branch and tosses it at me. The cat hisses, arches its back, and spins around in the air. It lands outside of my circle and sprints away. It causes some confusion with the other cats. A few start attacking their neighbors, and two others get spooked and run away. Rav growls with frustration and jumps into the chaos of cats. He kicks at them and grabs one by the neck. He holds it out at arm's length as he walks toward me. The cat fights and twists and kicks, but Rav holds it tight. The cat's eyes are huge and protrude from its skull a bit. As they approach the circle, the cat grows more agitated and fights harder against an unseen foe. The cat folds himself in half and digs his claws into Rav's arm. He cries out and flings the cat into the circle of trees. It hisses as it enters the circle and remains suspended in the air. My magic forms a protective blue bubble around the cat, who panics at first, then curls up and waits patiently. Only his eyes roam around wildly, exposing his fear. I move cautiously toward the cat, and it begins making a low, rumbling noise. The sound is not intimidating or scary. It sounds like a peace offering. Other than the rumbling, the cat does not seem to notice me. Rav realizes this as well. They can't see you. His voice is dripping with restrained rage and surprise. What's in your pocket? I look down and a blue light is emanating from the pocket of my dress. The stone. I reach into my pocket and remove the cool blue stone. Rab's eyes grow huge. The color drains from them as he stares. The cat in the bubble begins to panic again, hissing and spitting. His black fur stands out in spikes all over his body. I give the bubble a gentle push, and it floats the cat away from the stone. The cat calms down as the distance increases. When the bubble reaches the end of the circle, it pops and releases the cat back into the forest. The cat bounds away, and when he reaches a safe distance, he turns to look at me with his big, golden eyes. Where did you get that? Rav hisses at me. He spits on the ground. Lady Morgan gave it to me. I enjoy the hurt look of disbelief on his face. I guess she wanted it to be a fair fight. He laughs. His joyless, terrifying laugh causes a massive shiver down my spine, and I fight hard to control it. I can't let Rav know I am afraid. Still no sign of Maria. I'm on my own. Rav screams suddenly, and every cat is on its feet and ready to fight. They're staring at him. They can see him. Rav notices, too. His face goes pale, and he locks eyes with me just before the attack. His look of abject hopelessness burns into my mind, and I look away from the massacre. Well done. You've made it this far. Maria appears before me. Where have you been? I could have used your help. That's not how this works. You know I'd help if I could. Maybe, but I wasn't entirely sure about that anymore. My sister is not the same. She is colder and more impatient now. I guess I can understand. It must be frustrating to be dead and have to help the living survive. I know you would. I'm sorry. I'm just out of ideas. I still have to catch one of these things. Maria shakes her head impatiently. No, you have to catch the white one in the cave. That's the only one. Understand? I nod. The tone of her voice is hard and commanding. I don't know how to respond. I nod again silently, and Maria seems satisfied with this. She smiles. There is a devious light in her eyes. Okay. Now I can help you. This is it, though. You won't see me again. Tears flood my eyes so suddenly they blind me. Thank you, Maria. I love you. She stares at me for a moment and nods. I would love you too if I could. You know I did before. I nod. That will have to be good enough. Maria closes her eyes and begins to vibrate. Her body quakes with constant tremors and she seems to fold in on herself. Until she is compact. Half her original size. With a smile and a wink, she explodes. She becomes smoke and rocks and starlight, and she rains down on the cats surrounding me with an unearthly wail. Cats flee in every direction, disappearing as quickly as they came. Some are too slow and are crushed beneath debris or whipped into trees by arms of smoke. The sound grows until I have to cover my ears. I drop to my knees and wait while the storm of my sister wails around me. When it finally fades away, I raise my head and find myself alone. The area surrounding my circle of trees is swept clean. No cats. No debris. No rav. No Maria. My sister is gone. Forever. I let the tears come. I mourn my sister. I haven't allowed myself until now. She is gone. I am alone. I cry for Maria and for myself. I cry for my family and the life we had before the cats. It wasn't perfect, but at least I wasn't alone. At some point, I cry myself to sleep. And that is the end of Chapter 9, Book Lovers. I hope you're enjoying Catching Cats. We have one more chapter coming up next week. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time. Keep reading.